0: My guest today is filmmaker Yasmin Afifi and her short film, Jellyfish and Lobster. This is a timeless tale of finding life in the face of death, joy in the face of despair, and magic in the most unlikely places. Now, Jellyfish and Lobster is a 2023 graduation film from the National Film and Television School. It is officially selected as one of the five nominees for Best Live Action Short Film at the 2024 BAFTA awards. Now before landing this huge accolade, the film was recognized at the British Short Film Awards, where it won three awards: Jury Award, Best British Director, and the Best Editing. It also took home the Audience Award at Encounters and Best Short Film at SoulFest. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome BAFTA nominated film director Yasmin Afifi and her amazing short film Jellyfish and Lobster to the show. Welcome, Yasmin.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, how did you get into filmmaking?
1: Ooh. Um, well, oh, do you want do you want like the full story? The oh, the, the full story? what
0: whatever story you want to tell.
1: <laughs> um, I got into it from a very very young age because I um, I was born with in my right arm, so it meant like the first uh few years of my life i was just in and out of hospital i probably had about 11 to 12 surgeries on my arm um and so i was just during that period i was i grew up just watching loads and loads of films um cinema was genuinely my my sort of window to the world that gave me an understanding of the world of people and of stories um just particularly during those sort of lengthy periods of of isolation um and so when i hit a certain age where i sort of just kind of said no to no more surgeries and just kind of wanted to live my life um and sort of just accept myself as i was um, I knew then that there was something with cinema that I wanted to do I, I wanted to tell stories and I wanted to sort of be that window for someone else um, and so I just started making loads and loads of films and working like non-film related jobs to make money to put towards making my film so I just kind of learned by doing um, and then I guess kind of got good at it um and then ended up at the national film and and television school uh where i made jellyfish and lobster
0: well you know the national film and television school that's uh one of the best schools in england isn't it
1: yeah yeah i mean the, the hollywood reporter put it down as as one of the best in the world um so it's it's prestigious and and i remember getting in and just thinking you know it's just happening. <laughs>
0: I could imagine. And, and you're, uh, you follow a long list of, uh, especially short films that have become, uh, award winning.
1: Yeah. Like you, you sort of, it's, it's funny cause you know, the reputation that the school has. And, and when you first walk into the school, they've got like all the awards and all the BAFTAs and all the accolades sort of all on display. um, and at the time, I I kind of just jokingly turned to my tutor and was like, "Okay, so that's the expectation. No pressure." Um, and here we are with with the BAFTA nomination. So uh, I guess I lived up to to the expectation.
0: You did well. Tell us what the synopsis is of your film, Jellyfish and Lobster.
1: It is a uh, a magical realist dark comedy um, about two mischievous quite cheeky elderly terminally ill residents in a care home who um are really just trying to make the most of their final days
0: well when i watched your film i saw that there was an in memory of at the end so was jellyfish and lobster based on a personal story from your life
1: yeah so um, I had lost my dad to cancer in uh, 2019 and then just before starting the NFTS my my aunt who was like a second mom to me my whole life was diagnosed with a brain tumor and then six months into being at the school she passed away um, and the, the idea kind of came from there where I I. Was sort of whilst angry at this disease for sort of the way it had just turned my family's life upside down. Um, I, was, I, was, I was inspired by the way that both my dad and my aunt never allowed themselves to be defined by the illness and still found ways to live life and, and still uh, give into joy and kind of exist beyond the, the limitations of, of what that illness was um and so I thought if I'm going to make a film that honors them um I'm going to do it this way and in a way that can bring people joy and levity and laughter and hope and and still in many ways um allow people going through the realities of that to feel seen you know we don't shy away from what the truth of that experience is like but we do it um with with uh, with escapism and 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 with, magic and joy
0: well did you do any research while writing the screenplay with those who are facing their mortality uh, i'm sure everyone has their own story
1: i i i think i mostly based it on just my experiences with my dad and my aunt and and one of the things that that struck me um about it was when we often at times when we were when we we're exploring grief we're exploring it from a perspective of me losing another so it's often my grief of losing them um or losing one other person but i i was sort of observing both of them kind of go through the process of grieving themselves and grieving everyone around them and everything and grieving their bodies that were slowly kind of failing them which that for me was an interesting perspective on grief and and something that felt universal in a sense of not really being specific to being diagnosed with an illness, but just as we grow older and we and we change, I think we're constantly grieving various versions of ourselves as we progress through life. And so that that was the that was the grief that I wanted to explore in the film. Um particularly with them being able to access a, a version of themselves from the past.
0: Yeah, you know, this was definitely one of the most beautiful and sweetest films I've seen this season. It was funny. It was heartwarming. It was full of love. The acting was superb with Flo Wilson in Syed, uh, was it uh, Badreya, if I said yeah. that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then for you as a director, how did you approach a storyline with Grace facing her immortality?
1: Well, I, 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 I approached it by just wanting to have a character who had nothing left to lose. And that, that that was the conversation I had, is is what happens when the kind of the bar for what is appropriate or inappropriate goes out the window? Because, you you know, the second you, your life has a limitation on it, you start living life as if it didn't have a limitation on it. You almost start living as if you were immortal because you just you act and do without any sense of consequences because ultimately what what consequence could be worse than losing your life which is what you you are on the on the brink of doing um and that was such a fun space to sit in um and and in working with the actors as well it was it was really giving them the freedom to just kind of be honest and be present um in the way that you are kind of forced to be when you're in that situation, you take it day by day, um, and so that's kind of the the truth of that of of that brutal honesty, of that just having to be present in the moment, of that um, kind of living without a sense of consequences, and and the the humor that can be poured from that, but uh, but humor that is essentially just truth, um, and just yeah how. Ha- how we could play in that space in in various different ways.
0: You know, I love the interactions between Grace and her nurse. I mean, Grace is brutally honest and the exchanges of dialogue between the two was a yeah. perfect addition to this whole storyline. I mean, they were like the little breaks within the main storyline with each exchange between both of them. They were it was just so funny. And like you said, it was really honest, and you really didn't even hold anything back, even with the little sexual innuendos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think all of Gracie's interactions for me, I just are so entertaining because you just, you don't know what to expect from her. She's just a woman that is, that is going to say exactly how she feels. Um, And, and it, there's sort of like this thing of of grace just allowed herself to reclaim her identity right so there's an element of her being you know hypersexual and bold and all of these things about her that she you know just didn't want to give up in in the face of her mortality um and, and that was something else that, that was important to me when I was writing it was was these two characters who reclaim joy, but also reclaim who they are as human beings, their humanity. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, it, in one of the first scenes where uh, Grace pulls a cigarette out and the nurse goes, there's no smoking in here. And Grace, just the way she looks at the nurse, like, really? Do you know my condition? what does it matter? And just that alone was just so funny. And and I love the way you added this into the film. But then this film takes this magical turn. It's the swimming pool becoming the fountain of youth. Uh, That was probably one of my favorite parts of the story. How did you come up with that idea?
1: uh it, it was it was based on that the thing of of grieving yourself that I sort of spoke about earlier, and it was the the walls of the poor was always um yes, it's a poor that reverts you back to your younger self um but in the conception of it it was really just this idea of bringing you back to the version of yourself you're grieving the most, which for them as as elderly people is their youth um and and obviously also being being young but also being healthy um and so that that's where that idea came from and so let's give them the illusion of that but ultimately they have to go on a journey where they accept who they are and they accept their reality um but but what does that that magical illusion give them on that journey
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, the last scene in the pool truly shows how we will fight for the right to stay alive. Flo Wilson's acting of coming out of the water. I just felt the complete fullness of her character.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, it was... I remember writing it and just feeling something as I was writing it, and then and then you film it and you feel it when you film it, and then you even me watching it back, just seeing the power of that, because that's essentially it. It's it's her, it's finding her fight for life, and find and and she finds that fight for life in Mido's character, um, and at at which point she's almost kind of fighting for the life that she has, despite it being limited, despite not knowing how long of it left she has. But she wants that and she
0: fights. Indeed. Now for you as a director, uh, what was it like and how did you film the underwater scenes?
1: Well, I, I, um, I wasn't the one going under the water. That's full credit to the, to the, uh, the underwater cinematographer that we had come, uh, called Genevieve Reyes, um, along with the DP and the camera team. Um, and we shot it in the shallow end of the pool, um, because we just wanted it to look, we wanted, we wanted around it to kind of look originally, especially in the first pool sequences to have this sense of infinity around them. um, but it was all sh- shot in the lower end of the pool so it was all fairly safe and fun and and um to be honest it was it was really uh helpful that day because we were shooting mid summer and it was like 38 degrees outside and so i think we all welcomed the idea of, of filming in a pool um <laughs> well i guess the well too filming in the shallow
0: end not o- not only is it safer but the lighting would be yeah. brighter compared to filming in the deep end of the pool. So that yeah. definitely has a uh, an element to it as well. And, you know, and I think I understand now why you won Best Editing. Because here we have both the characters jumping into the pool. Then you have a different set of actors playing their younger selves and the transition between the two was seamless.
1: Yeah. Uh, Max Reynolds, who is our editor, is a genius. Um, and it, you know, we, we went through so many different variations of that edit. Um, and there's, you know, there's stuff that doesn't go in and there's stuff that you really love, but it's just not doing the piece overall justice. And we also really wanted to keep it to 20 minutes as well. Um but the one the one thing that um, we had was that I because I had worked with Max in the writing stages I I, I always think it's quite interesting to bring your editor um, within the development so that when we get to that point when we're editing they know exactly what you want to say in every scene and they know the story they know what you you know Im- what the emotional truth of every moment is so that when we' when we're coming up coming up against situations where we may have to lose a scene or we didn't end up shooting this on, because of whatever reason. Um, it's, it's fairly easy to find a solution around that. We're both on the same page because we both know exactly what we wanted out of it. Um, and Max is so emotionally in to every scene. Um, and it was, it was such a, a pleasure working with him. And, and he too really took to the story because he had lost, a, a, you know, a loved one to cancer. Um, and so there's intrinsically, he understood the story and the emotion of it. And um, that the, the editing process and the editing journey with him was, was, was truly incredible. And it's a much deserved award for him.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, out of all the films and I, and I've seen a lot of great films this season, but yours really stands out because I've seen other films where they, use the topic of grief, but yours goes beyond that because you bring in love, you bring it. it's heartwarming, it's humorous. Uh, you don't take your eyes off the screen when you're watching your film because there is, there's just so much going on that you're wanting to follow these characters. For you, what process did you use to actually cast your film? I mean, did you do auditions? Did you have direct contacts with some of the actors? How did you get bring these amazing people together?
1: Um, we didn't end up doing auditions because when I first saw Flo and when I first saw Saeed, I, I kind of just knew I was just like, this is Grace and this is me, though. Um, and so it, it was just about giving them, you know, the offer. And because I had seen them, I'd seen Flo in, in, in a couple of other things that she had done. And, and that sort of deadpan look that you were alluding to earlier was exactly what I wanted because I wanted the, the comedy to kind of not be overplayed. And I think the comedy ends up breathing so much more because of that. And, and she has such an incredible emotional range and I didn't have to worry about her dealing with that stuff um Eva so i knew i knew i knew flo was going to be grace and with Syed Syed um i came across his instagram page um and just from his instagram page i was like this guy is mido um just his personality is very much like mido and but he's based in la um and i was like god how are we going to do this because we have just a, a certain amount of budget um and unfortunately was a budget that we just couldn't afford him to come over um but he just loved the script so much that he he paid for his own flight flew to the UK uh to do the film because he just he was just so in love with the story and the script that he yeah he went above and beyond for it
0: well you could not have cast uh any better mm-hmm. than this i mean those two together. I mean, as a director, um, how much directed directing did you actually have to do with their parts, or did you just kind of let them uh, emotionally feel their way through this script?
1: Yeah, I, I, I very much just let the actors emotionally kind of feel their way through it, and and I never really prescribe what what a performance should look like. Um, because then if you you know if you're pushing a performance to just be an image that you've had in your head, the more you do that, I think the more kind of um the more unrealistic and the more sort of uh, limited it feels. it doesn't feel natural um and so I often just kind of as long as it feels truthful as long as i believe it as long as i feel something when i'm watching it on the monitor um and and they just really understood and and grabbed these characters uh, by the scruff of the neck and like really ran with them and so there was there was very little directing that I, that i had to do on on my end a lot of the time it was just fine tuning you know certain moments or just exploring a moment a lot of it was just exploring moments with them being like that was great you know but you know should we maybe try this and what happens if we do this and just kind of it was it was so collaborative you know we were we were there trying to explore what the multitude of truths were we weren't there being like this is what this is this is what we have to do um so it just, it was, yeah, it was very explorative in that way. And, and, and they're just amazing and they're so courageous and so generous. You know,
0: the, uh, one of the scenes that literally made me laugh out loud, I think we've all been there is when the lobster and the jellyfish are on stage and they're singing their song <laughs> and, and, and Grace literally <laughs> does the thing that we all wish we could have, could have done at least once in our lives But for her, what was so hilarious was that here she is facing her own mortality. And she's like, you're wasting my time here on earth with this horrible song. (laughs) And, And I was like, you know, not that I want everybody to be doing that, but that scene is just so hilarious.
1: But it's it's funny because when we were filming that, the actual performers Jellyfish and Lobster are incredibly talented singers, and I remember they were doing it, and I was like, "Guys, you have to be bad. <laughs> like, you kind of you want the audience to be on Grace's side when she kind of just goes at them." Um, and so it was really funny to film because uh, the, the two actors who were playing the Jellyfish lobster they genuinely are such incredible singers and, and musicians. Um, and so when they did it the first few times, they were doing it really well. And I was like, no, you know, let's do this again. And so having them go through the process of having to deliberately do it badly um, so that we could all be on Grace's side on in that moment. Um, well, for glad-
0: the- well, for the performers... Was it hard for them to be bad, and then when they started to become bad, were they trying not to laugh while doing it
1: oh yeah 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 it was it was it was such a fun shoot that day, and I think the more bad that they that they got, the more fun they just started having with it um and uh, yeah, it was there was there was so much laughter in between takes. You know, if if we if we look back at the behind the scenes footage, as soon as I say cut, the entire crew and and cast are just are just laughing, um, which was such a beautiful experience. Because that I think that was the case for most of the filming of this project. Despite it being about what it's about, um, there was so much laughter in the making of it, um, and so much fun.
0: You know. You- the last scene. Brilliant. For those who haven't seen it, it's it's a brilliant ending. And I am so happy that you ended it that way. But what caught my eye, and this is probably the strangest thing you're going to hear about your film. When the camera is pointed towards the sea and all you see is the back of of grace and miko and mm. i the i i pause it cuz i noticed it right off the bat why i noticed it i do not know why but the horizon was at the top of the frame the moment i saw that um did you ever see the fableman's yes Okay, you know the very last scene in The Fableman's where John Ford goes, you see where the horizon is? He goes, if your horizon's at the top or if it's at the bottom, you got a great film. But if it's in the middle, it's not. And when I saw that frame of your film, I went, John Ford. And I said, <laughs> and, and then I went, it is a great film.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, the Fablemans came out after after we had filmed. I, I wish I had caught that piece of advice. Um, I mean, we just got really lucky um, that day. But but the sea was always, the sea was my dad's favourite place um, in the world to be. And, and it's mine and it's where he spent a lot of time um, following his diagnosis. And uh, so I knew I wanted to end it there and and there's something really uh sort of soul soothing and healing about the sea and about the horizon um and so i I, and and also just that sense of infinity and that vastness of the sea when when you look out at it and there's nothing sort of on the other side of it um and it felt like a beautiful place in transition for these two characters to to go to and and kind of explore the idea of transitioning from one space to another, but in a way that didn't feel heavy in a way that felt quite poetic and beautiful.
0: You know, it's, yeah. it's clean. The ending was cleansing. Um, It was refreshing. It wasn't sad at all. And, and it, and it reminds me of a saying um, I, I, had interviewed uh, former world champion surfer, uh, Sean Thompson. And he wrote a book called The Surf in the Sea. And in his book, he says, you know, when you're standing on the shore and you're looking out upon the ocean, leave fear on the sand. And when I saw those two go into the water, I went, they left fear on the sand and it's just again Yasmin you have one of the most beautiful films i have seen this season and uh to me i'm going to be very uh biased here i think you deserve to win the bafta
1: thank you so much thank you that that means that means a lot to me thank you well how um, does it
0: feel to have a bafta nomination
1: yeah i mean just being there for me is is the win and and I've I've seen some like I've seen the other films and they're incredible. So for me, it's like to be within, to be up there with them. Um, is is such a huge honor and and to obviously be nominated for a BAFTA is incredible. And but the journey this film has gone on and through the various festivals over the past year and just seeing audiences' reaction to it and seeing the amount of messages that I've had from people to say that they relate to it, or they resonate with it in some way because they, are, you know, are currently going through that or, or have been through that. And yet, you know, the film brought them so much laughter and, and joy and, and also equal amounts of tears. Um, but just seeing that connection and, and being able to to connect with so many people because of it has been has been so just beyond words uh so for me you know I think that's 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 truly the win um and also the win in actually just being there and being nominated um yeah i i, I couldn't have asked for for a just a more beautiful reception
0: well um, what for- well what is next for you in your filmmaking journey
1: um well at the moment I'm working on um developing the feature for jellyfish and lobster. Um, So that's really exciting. Um, And then also a bunch of uh, other sort of projects as well that I'm sort of just uh, working away at. Um, So, so we'll see what happens. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I
0: I was wondering if you were going to be working on a feature because I can see this as a feature film.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I as I was writing the short, it just kind of happened. It kept getting bigger and bigger and, and bigger. Um, and so I actually had to wheel it in. They were like, this is not a short anymore. Like, remember, this, this is a short film um, and you try and fit all of this in, you know, you're going to do an injustice to it. Um, and so I ended up having to just bench so much that I wanted to explore and put in. Um and so for me, it just felt really natural to kind of go back and, and do that. Um, so hopefully we'll we'll see what comes of that.
0: Well, the good thing is, is you've already written quite a bit that you've kind of put off to the side. So uh, your job is not easy, but at least you're ahead of the game when it comes to creating the feature.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, but an idea will always go through so many motions and, you know, and I, it, it changes and it morphs and you know like uh I think the making of anything is it's it's kind of like it, it's an alive thing and so it's just constantly kind of moving and changing and altering and you 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 almost have to give it the freedom in the space to do that um so even though there's there was a lot there to begin there's there's still a lot of um there's still a lot of sort of uh, angles and and things that I still want to explore and, and and bring into it and see how that changes it. Um, but still holding on to the kind of crux of what the short film is and and the tone and the heart of it. Well, and, I, know.
0: And the well I know you're going to do a stellar job on that script and ladies and gentlemen, Yasmin Afifi's BAFTA nominated short Jellyfish and Lobster is fun heartwarming, full of life while facing the inevitable of life ending. It is absolutely deserving of its nomination and could very well be the upcoming winner at the BAFTAs. Now, when you have a chance to see this incredible film, do so, because we need stories like this one in our lives. There is mortality and immortality, and there is Jellyfish and Lobster, which balances both to absolute perfection. Thank you, Yasmin, for coming onto the show and sharing your wonderful film with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for those beautiful words. I'm almost kind of teary here. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Well, you are so very welcome. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, hey, you can catch all of the replays of our interviews. With top film directors like Yasmin Afifi, also producers and screenwriters, actors, and we even have stunned people on the show. And more on our website at bondoncinema.com. We are also available on YouTube and a dozen audio platforms as well. I want to thank you for watching and listening. And as for me, I'll see you at the movies and probably from the red carpet.